Hi, and welcome to Creeps and Crime Storytime. My name is Charlie. My name is Sophie. And today we have another story for you. Hope you enjoyed last week's Halloween one. I know it was a little bit different, yeah. but I want it to be seasonal. Mm, and seasonal it's been ages one. since we talked about something spooky. Yeah. Um, something thoroughly spooky. I know that for me, my preference and my niche is definitely true crime. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's definitely. where I feel... I feel most comfortable researching and talking about it, Mm -hmm. but I know that you love spooky stuff. I do. So I thought it was about time we do something that Sophie (laughs) likes. Thank you. But today, I come back at you with some more crime. Hell yeah. So I hope you're ready. Absolutely. We've got some more fucking crime. It's what we have. As usual, I haven't told Sophie what this case is, so Sophie doesn't know. I have no idea. Um, The only question she asked me, I think it was at the tail end of last week's episode, she asked me if this case had been solved, to Mm -hmm. which I said no uh-huh. it has not been solved so just a little heads up you might be frustrated okay um <laughs> they're gonna be you a might lot be alleged there's gonna be some alleged okay there's gonna be some interesting oh great um but we'll see how it goes we'll, we'll see how it, it goes so our story to oh wait no i just want to also thank people for their yeah. ratings on spotify because mm. it's gone up a little bit more and i just really mm. like it it makes me happy so okay. thanks um, if you haven't left us a rating, please do. It only takes a second, but it fills my heart with happiness. And, and yes. Yeah. So today we're going to 1996. Oh, okay, and we're going cool. to Boston. Ooh. I really wonder if you know this. A young woman called Karina Holmer was murdered and found in beyond horrific circumstances. I your face I is, name. Your face is yeah. very blank. I'm, I'm trying to recall. I feel like... Your little miniature Sophie is going through a filing cabinet. She's like, that name. Hmm. Pending. I'll get back to you. Pending. Well, Karina Holmer's case, I find, doesn't get the attention it should. Oh. It's been covered by a few well-known podcasts. Yeah. But I don't think she gets enough attention. No. And so I want to talk about her. Yeah, let's bring it back. Revive it. So, before Karina Holmer became known as the in the American newspapers as the Boston Black Dahlia, Karina Holmer was a perfectly normal teenager. Aww. She was born in Sweden on the mm-hmm. 7th of September 1975, and she grew up in Skillingarid, which I probably just fucked up the pronunciation, but that's Rubs. what I think it is. Um, her father has told reporters that she was a good student and she worked hard in school. Yeah. She loved animals. Oh. And she was part of a club for riding ponies. Oh, that's so sweet. But when she was a little bit oh older gosh. and she became really good at riding ponies, she also yeah. became the captain of the club for riding ponies. That's cool. Which is, like, cool oh as fuck. God. That sounds I really good. I she had badges on her helmet. That's I would, amazing. if I it would was too. me. I hope she on. did. Yeah. Um, she also took part in a Girl Scout group. Mm. So she was really into, like, just doing shit. Really natural outdoorsy stuff. Yeah. yeah. So she was just up for trying things. She sounds amazing already. I know, right? <laughs> Her next-door neighbour, Iris Hansen, said, quote, Karina was a tough girl who knew what she wanted to be, mm. end quote. That's always a good, good quote. So as Karina got older, she wanted to travel. I've had a quick Google of what Skillingarid looks like, and it's really nice. Yeah. It's very pretty, but it doesn't look very big. Oh, so okay. by the sounds of it, Karina wanted to explore more of the world, mm, and her yes. older sister had previously done au pair work in America. Oh, wow. Okay. The time came for Karina to travel because she won a little bit of money on a lottery ticket in Sweden. So at the time, it was about $1,500. So it's not like, you know, a crazy amount of money. But it's enough where you can do something nice with it. Like, you You can do something with that. Yeah. So she decided that she wanted to travel. So she 
used it to plan a trip. Yeah. So she chose Boston, and she travelled through Agent Tage Sundin. And I don't know if it's pronounced Tage or, like... Tagging. Yeah. Tag. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I'm just going to no. say Tage. And if it's wrong, it's, it's wrong. It is what it is. She was assigned to work with a professional couple who lived in a nice part of Boston. Okay. So Frank Rapp and Susan Nichter both had jobs in the creative industry. Mm. Frank was a photographer and Susan a painter. And she was also teaching at a nearby university. Right. They had a large house in a fairly well-to-do town in Dover, Boston. I've looked up some of the houses in this suburb and they can sell for millions of dollars. Ooh, These houses wow. are fancy. <laughs> the couple had two young children and Karina was excellent at taking care of them. She oh, loved nice. to play with them and keeping them occupied while Frank and Susan were working. That's adorable. So this at the moment is all going really well. Yeah, it sounds very smooth. This is fine. This is nice. I'm wondering what changes it. <sighs> so Karina would work doing her au pair duties during the week and at the weekends she would have the days off to enjoy Boston. Mm. Which, great. Yeah. She liked to go out to the bars and clubs to party, and the young nanny quickly fell in with a group of other young au pairs from overseas, and they would enjoy the Bostonian nightlife together. Mm, Karina was quite outgoing when it came to socialising, and it didn't take a lot of effort from her to make new friends. That's good. That's um, a quality I wish I had. (laughs) Oh my god, me too. I find it incredibly draining and taxing to socialise with people I already know, but to go out with the express... I don't think I've ever gone out with the intention of making new friends. I don't think that's ever happened to me. I mean, when I've gone out and I've come across people that I don't know yet, I often think, I don't want to know you. I find all yeah. the people I don't give a fuck about. Yeah, I find it really difficult to circle. like people that I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I have friends. I don't need any more. I'm mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I'm good, thanks. I've got my people. Adios. Yeah, I am. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. But Karina wasn't like that. No. She, it doesn't seem as though she, she was like that. So it seemed, Yeah, it seemed like she just genuinely enjoyed being around people. She liked oh. new experiences. She yeah. liked new people. Yeah, complete opposite of you and I. But, <laughs> like, in a good way. Yeah, definitely. It looked like she was owning it, and she was enjoying it, and she knew what she enjoyed, and she did what she wanted. Yeah, Which, that's good. fucking mad props, yeah. Karina. So Frank Rapp, the father mm. of the children that Karina nannied, worked during the week from a loft apartment in South Boston, which is where all the fun stuff is. Like, yeah. So like that's kind of like the city centre. That's where all like, yeah. the businessy stuff is. It's where all the nightclubs are. Mm. And he had a loft there. Because obviously he did all his photography stuff. So that's he had like a loft studio where he worked during the week. And he lived there during the week. Um, that's fun to yeah. have like, two houses. Basically. So at the weekends, he travelled to the house in Dover to spend the weekend with his wife and children. And seeing his loft apartment was empty on the weekend, he let Karina use it while she enjoyed the weekends off. Oh, that's so so, cool. so she had the weekends off. She oh lived in the loft apartment. Yeah. In like the centre of Boston where all the cool okay. shit was happening. Yeah. And then so they'd swap. She's got a very regular schedule with this. Yeah, thing. it sounds like okay. yeah, so there's a thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Is there? <laughs> <laughs> so because the loft apartment was in such a good spot, Karina's friends would often meet up there to get ready and have pre drinks before they went out. Oh, that's so so that was like the place yeah. where the friends met. They they had their pre drinks. They she got ready. The cool girl, the she was the apartment. cool girl with the loft apartment. That's the girl I wanted to be. That <laughs> is the one I wanted to be. I remember like you telling me that you wanted like a little loft apartment somewhere, and I was like, Sophie, that happens in sitcoms. It doesn't happen in real life unless you're already rich. Karina, or if your name is Karina, or if you're Karina. However, it kind of yeah. goes downhill from here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So. 
The group would regularly go to the theatre district, yeah. which is where there were a few popular clubs frequented by the group. Mm. One of these places was called Zanzibar, and that's where they ended up on the 21st of June, 1996. At this point, Karina had been in Boston for a little over three months. Yeah. So she was settled in, she had a solid group of friends, mm. and she knew which places in the area were her favourites. Good, good, good. The group were on course to have a good night of celebrating and partying. The 21st of June is the summer solstice, Ooh. otherwise known as midsummer. Mm. And in Sweden, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah, don't think... Burn things. You're going to have to speak up, the mic won't hear you. Sorry, I was, I was just saying, isn't that when they burn things to sacrifice? Maybe in, like, ye olden days. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think, like, of, contemporary think. Sweden goes no. around making, like, sacrifices that we no. know of. Yeah. Oh, oh, fuck. Oops. Okay. Um, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> so they met at the loft apartment as usual before going out for the night. Right. The thing is, the legal drinking age in Boston is 21. Mm-hmm. And if your maths is good, you'll have worked out that by June 1996, Karina is only 20 years old. I hadn't noticed. Of course. I genuinely hadn't. hadn't been like. Sophie's not a numbers well, this person. This is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sophie's not a numbers gal. And that's just fine. I'm just a. That's. You're just a department and chill gal. You're a gal. (laughs) I'm a gal. So she and some of the others in the group had fake IDs, and they used Ah, these fake IDs to get into the clubs in the theatre district. I see. The IDs always worked in Zanzibar. Mm. The group of friends ended up leaving at different times with different people after getting quite drunk. Now, this is a no-no. I say this later Uh, on. Yeah. yeah. You go Go with your friends. You you leave with your friends. Yeah. Don't, just, but I will get into this. Okay. This is a thing that I have an issue with, and I All will right. get into it. Yeah. So okay. the clubs <laughs> turned people out at about 3 a.m. So 3 a.m. was like, get out of my club. Yeah. And Karina mm-hmm. was seen by a few people at this point in the alley where multiple clubs on the street had people leave. So you're frowning a lot. Yeah. In an alley, is she on her own? Wait. No. So, no, just, just wait. So this street yes. has a lot of clubs on the street. And I think the street next to it does as well. So there's an alley in between. Ooh. And on that alley, that's where all the exit doors are. So all the clubs oh. at 3 a.m. put you out into the, yeah. al- into the alley is what it's called. Oh, gosh. And then that's just where everyone from the clubs ends up. That sounds very dangerous. It's not great. I wouldn't like it, but Alice that's how it worked. Narrow. This no. is just how it worked. Me. Karina was last seen very late Friday, early hours of Saturday. Right, okay. On Sunday morning, mm-hmm. about 11... A homeless man was going through dumpsters not too far from Zanzibar near Fenway Gardens, which is almost a mile and a half down a straight road from the club. Okay. So Zanzibar is here. Mm-hmm. There's a big fuck off straight road. And then along that straight road, about a mile and a half down, there's a little park yeah. and some buildings and some dumpsters. And that's, and where, that's where we are. Okay. And he was looking for cans because he wanted to take the cans to the recycling centre for a few dollars because oh, he's homeless. Fun. And he was like, yeah. I'm going to recycle some shit. It's yeah, Sunday. that's good of him. Um, however, he found, he saw a woman's arm. Oh my God. That's which is not like not what you can. want to that's see. The it's, you can't no. recycle that. He you can't was, unsee it either. You can't see it. He would have needed therapy, but being homeless, he probably didn't get therapy. No. Which is very sad. It is sad. But even more sad is that police arrived at the scene and discovered the arm belonged to a torso. However, that's where the body ended. Mm-hmm. So no other arm or Oh no 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 no. So there was another arm. Okay. Um Karina had been bisected. Oh. Which is why I oh. made the comment about the Boston Black Dahlia. Yeah. For those of us that don't know, to be bisected means you are cut in two pieces. Mm-hmm. Um so Karina had been cut in half 
Obviously, the police searched the rest of the dumpster. They searched nearby dumpsters, but Karina's lower half was not there. To this day, the second part of her body has never been found. Are you serious? I'm serious. So there's a missing half a body somewhere? Yes. That is infuriating. So, obviously, they would have sent her her body back to Sweden for her family to give her a burial. And I've Mm -hmm. seen a picture... Because um, it's from 1996, and it's it's an international case for us because it's in America, but it's also yeah. doubly international because she's from Sweden and all her family is Swedish. Mm-hmm. Um, her family has been willing to speak to the media because they don't want anyone to forget oh. who their daughter was. Obviously, yeah. um, I did find a photo of I think it's actually from Karina's funeral, and she had this gorgeous white coffin, oh. um, and it's very beautiful. But it's mm. just so horrific when you know. That she wasn't all in there. Mm-hmm. They weren't um, able to bring all. Of they her weren't home. able to bring all of her home. Mm-hmm. And people fucking suck so much. They do. They and are it's fucking shit. shit. Um, and I know, like, you might think, oh, you know, she's got a justice boner today. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I fucking what do. What about it? And it's like, yeah, I just fucking hate. Ugh. But yeah, anyway, sorry, that was really unprofessional. But yeah, so the second part of her body has never been found, which is disgusting. There was very little evidence at the scene, Mm. which suggested that the scene she was found at was not where she was killed. Okay, yeah. If you want to ask questions at any point, by the way, feel free to ask questions. There was one partial fingerprint on the outside of one of the black trash bags that wrapped her body, Mm. but that has never been matched to anyone. Yeah. So in the searches done by the police, they've never linked it to anyone. Well, so in I mean, fact, because it's only a partial print, we don't yeah. know whether it's even usable. It might be too smudged, yeah. or the print might not be of high enough quality to be matched to anyone. Mm-hmm. The only thing we know is that this print was the only one found, and there was only a bit of it. Wow. So that wasn't so even. Was the it whole just fingerprint. a fingerprint or a fingerprint of like dirt, or was it just regular fingerprint? Yeah, yeah. So it was re- it was just um, on the outside of one of the black trash bags. Yeah. So we just regular trash in it. No, no other clothes no. and stuff. No, no, no. It was so her body was wrapped in trash bags. Oh, right. So I said here it was uh, on the outside of one of the black trash bags that her body was wrapped in. Oh, I see. Right. So yeah, the the print was on the outside of that bag. Ah. So it was probably put there by the offender. Yeah. Because it was on that particular bag. Mm-hmm. However, it might not have been. It could have been the homeless guy. If it could have been the homeless guy, and we don't know how many other people were looking, looking for cans. cans that could like he might not have been the first can guy mm. that day. We don't know, mm. uh, but the fact that it it's not been very useful does not help. No, not at all. So the autopsy revealed that there were ligature marks around her neck, and police didn't think that these were caused by someone's hands. These looked more like marks left by a rope or a cord of some kind, although none has been reported to have been found at the scene. Her cause of death has been listed as strangulation and the bisection occurring after death. Tell me hurts thinking about it. It's like doesn't surprise me. It's yeah. horrific. I know. <laughs> I think because what we're talking about desensitization is you you hear all this stuff mm-hmm. and as I'm researching, I'm just like, okay, she was bisected. But then if I actually stop and make myself think about it, it's like yeah. holy shit, that's disturbing. Oh yeah, because she experienced it. We have the luxury of just hearing about it. Yeah, and not going through it. So, I'm gonna talk about the bisection here a little bit. So if if anyone is squeamish. Feel free to skip. skip. Um, I'm going to start now. 
So she was cut in half at the waist, in between her ribs and her pelvis. Okay. This means that the only bone the offender would have had to cut through is her spine. Yeah. I've seen quite a lot of articles and blogs that have suggested that because the offender only cut through her spine, this is indicative of some kind of surgical knowledge. However, I think that's bullshit. Yeah. I personally do. You'd have to be an idiot to cut someone in half and go through the ribs or the pelvis. You'd have to be a fucking moron. If you had to anymore. cut a person in half... Yeah. I, I don't even mean from a ratio standpoint. Yeah. I just mean, like, if you wanted to bisect someone, you would choose the path of least resistance. Yes. You would not think, I'm going to go through sorry. as many bones as possible. You would Exactly. Yeah. You would go through the soft tissue because yeah. it's much easier to cut through. And it's quicker. It's quicker. It's going to be less effort for you. There's less risk of you injuring yourself on the blade if you're not having to chop through bones because mm-hmm. that's probably it's really hard. a lot of effort. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and bisecting somebody through. just through the spine is going to require a lot of physical mm-hmm. exertion. It's going to be mentally taxing. Oh, yeah. There's, it's going to take a while. It's mm-hmm. not quick. For what it's worth, I personally, with my complete lack of any kind of medical qualification, mm-hmm. believe that this type of bisection does not indicate advanced medical knowledge or surgical experience. Like a lot of like random blogs and shit that I've read about yeah. Karina. Basically, people like us who don't know anything mm-hmm. have written their opinions, okay. and people are like, "Oh yeah, I definitely think this person had medical knowledge," and I'm like, "You fucking idiot! No, they don't." <laughs> like you can think it, but you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, and it's like obviously my opinion is worth as much as theirs because yeah, I course. also have no qualifications or idea what I'm talking about. But yeah. I feel as though I'm right about this one. Yeah, yeah. Sure, I I don't we think are. that this particular method of bisection means that this person is a fucking surgeon. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. However. I just think it means that someone has enough common sense to choose not to go through the ribs or the pelvis. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Aside from ligature marks on her neck, there were no other signs of a struggle, so no bruising or abrasions of any kind. It sounds like they were very swift then. Quite swift. You know, just so, the one set of injuries on her neck and then half. Yes. It's worth noting also that... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle back to this, but Karina okay. was quite intoxicated oh, when she was last seen. So yeah. she had a good time. She partied. Yeah, she got fucking wasted. She had a great time. However... It, someone took advantage, of, someone that took advantage of that massively. Um, it might also explain why there were so few injuries on her body. She would have been yeah. very easy to incapacitate in this state. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think there's only the ligature marks. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get that into what sense. I think. Okey-doke. So whether or not the bisection was completed by someone with an anatomical knowledge or not is unknown. Mm. Okay. However, we do know that the cut was clean. So this sounds as though there weren't any hesitation cuts or cuts made in error. The offender was able to do it in one, and the autopsy showed that the cut was most likely made with a saw. We don't know whether it's a circular saw, like an electronic one, or like a a manual one. Um, All the information I've been able to find online is a saw. The autopsy report that I've been able to find has never been released. So there's a lot of information that I haven't been able to get from the official autopsy report. Just things that have been reported... And um, circulated. Yeah, and also in like um, like announcements at press releases made by the police, ah, yeah. but not the actual official autopsy report. So so the police mm. making announcements saying this is what we know X Y Z, but yeah. not a piece of paper, not like a fucking document. Yeah, where document, you could yeah. read the whole autopsy process that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I have seen um, in a couple of places that while none of the bones were cut through, mm. um, only the spine was severed. That there was also a part of 
one of her other bones that was like grazed but I've not been able to substantiate that Mm. that's just something that I've read in a couple of places but it's not like an official it doesn't help that sometimes articles will like sprinkle one thing in to be different from other yeah and then other yeah yeah and then other people will see that and think oh that's a cool little thing I didn't know before and it doesn't fucking help and then it gets treated as fact exactly While I don't think the offender was a surgeon, I do, however, think that the cleanliness of the cut and the lack of damage to other surrounding bones and tissues means that the person doing the cut Mm. was probably skilled with the saw that was used. Yeah. So I don't think he necessarily... I'm saying he. It could have been a she, but I I fucking don't (laughs) think so. (laughs) So I don't necessarily think that this person had advanced medical knowledge, but Mm. I do think that they knew how to use the implement that was used to bisect her. Yeah. And there's one thing like using tools on, say, plants and then other, other you know, industrial uses for tools. Yeah. Come yeah. through a body is going to be a lot of work. Yeah. And it's going to be really it messy. I think as well the fact that there was no blood mm-hmm. at the scene. Yeah. In addition to this, also interestingly, her body had been cleaned prior to her being put into the dumpster. Oh. Karina even had her makeup removed. Oh, okay. So, so she was washed she was really scrubbed down. down. Yeah. Um, the last few points to me also makes it sound as though she was not killed and bisected at the location she was found. Mm-hmm. It would be a bit unusual for someone to have a saw with them yeah, and the necessary things one. to clean a body mm-hmm. and drain all the blood without it being found anywhere yeah. while they're just out walking around. Mm-hmm. I think that she was taken to a secondary location like someone's apartment or house in the area, bisected cleaned off and then taken to the dumpster this also means that the offender could have potentially lived nearby or that if they didn't they intentionally returned Karina to close by the club she left earlier so that her journey couldn't be traced do you think it do you think someone was stalking her I have no idea because I I've been considering that is she's got like a very regular time and date schedule of being in such a place and then other place on the weekend yeah but the same place every weekend that's a good point. This is kind of shit that you've got to think about. Mm-hmm. So because Karina's body had no identification, yeah. it was a couple of days before the police knew who she was. Mm-hmm. After all, she had a fake ID at Zanzibar, so there was no trace of her real sure, identity of there. Yeah. When news of a beautiful young blonde girl being found began to circulate, Susan and Frank called the police. The thing is, what? Susan wasn't due to go to work until Monday, which oh, was the fuck. following day. Oh. oh. So, Wait, hold on. What? Yeah, wait, I'm oh, seeing you wait. kombucha girl real hard here right now. Huh? Sophie's kombucha girl. <laughs> like, what? So, Karina was... F- so, she went out on the Friday night. Yeah. She had a great time. Yeah. Somewhere in the early hours of Saturday morning, yeah. like, really early, mm-hmm. something terrible happened to her. Yes. She was found on Sunday at 11. Right. She wasn't due to work until Monday. Mm-hmm. But on Sunday... Yeah. Susan and Frank called the police. In regards to what? Were they reporting her missing or what? They heard about the body and they were like, oh my God. Oh, so it was like rumour mill talk of... Basically, yeah. But how did the couple even know that something was amiss with Karina in the first place? Yeah, that's a bit sketchy. That's a bit weird because if she always spent the weekends away, why would they immediately assume, oh my God, that must be our au pair? Mm -hmm. Because they weren't expecting for her to have checked in at any point. Yeah, it's not like she can just send It's not as if, if, if she had not shown up to work, Mm, and that was uncharacteristic I would be like I get it that's weird so check in but she wasn't due into work yet no so why would they they have jumped it you know I just think that's a bit strange oh it's an opinion 
I, my opinion, <laughs> as my someone opinion. with absolutely no basis for anything, is that nope. that's weird. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. Gotcha. So, the police arrived. And despite the fact that they alerted the police to Karina's identity and called them over, they didn't want much to do with the investigation itself. Some sources that I've found have said that at this point, the police spoke to another one of the couple's nannies who previously worked for them. Oh. oh my so God. they found one of their old nannies. Yeah. And the, she said that she found Frank to be, quote, creepy, end oh. quote. I have okay. not been able to find any solid evidence of this conversation in the form of a police report or an interview. Okay. It's hearsay. Yeah. I've is. not been able to find hearsay. any actual reporting or documentation from the police. Yeah. But this is something that's in quite a lot of other sources. Yeah. But I just want to point out that it's not been put out there by the police that I could find. Yeah. That's okay. all I have to say about that. However, I feel as though nothing in this case would shock me. No. At this point, I feel as though nothing would surprise me. Yeah, I kind of can't. It's also interesting to note that apparently the family went through five different nannies before they settled on Karina. I see. To be honest, it's probably easier to hire foreign au pairs as opposed to... Oh, for sure, yeah. But why did they go through five? Exactly. Like, so what made okay. working for this family so tough that people kept leaving? Mm-hmm. On Monday the 24th, yeah. the police visited the couple's home again and discovered that they had lawyered up and were unwilling to talk much more. Later that same day, around 9pm, the police found that a dumpster a couple of hundred feet from the couple's home was on fire. What? <laughs> Okay, that's extreme and very much a red flag for the police to look into. This garbage bin was a communal one that anyone living in the area could use, and obviously that included Frank and Susan. They've ruined a communal bin. (laughs) I love that that's where your brain went. Well, yeah. Um, Now no one can use it. So, so I feel as though the bin being out of order is not the point. Yeah, I know. So, the police took the ashes to Boston PD for analysis, and they were hoping to find a trace of Karina in the burnt fragments. Yeah. However, there was no trace of Karina's remains, clothing, blood, or any other clue. I was hoping for some clue. I do have to wonder that if these mm-hmm. ashes were tested today, using current, more advanced technology, Ooh. whether any DNA evidence could be found. So, Can like, cough, cough, pull yeah. holes, if you're listening. Yes, fucking test that shit so lots of people in the true crime community have speculated that bloody clothes could have been disposed of in the dumpster and then burned Mm -hmm. because bisecting a human body would be incredibly messy work and you would get covered in all kinds of blood and internal fluids it would be a fucking mess however as everything inside the bin was destroyed we're never gonna know no. Police then discovered that in addition to living with the family during the week while she undertook her au pair duties, that she also lived in Frank's loft apartment on the weekends when she was off the clock. Yeah. Suspicion began to swirl around his motivations for lending it to her. Yeah. So on face value, it looks completely innocent, and I would like to reiterate here that there is no evidence to the contrary. Okay. However, it's easy to see why some people in both the police and people hearing about the case might have thought otherwise. Okay, I'll, I'll bet um, in mind. Yeah, so go. people have wondered if there was an affair going on, if he had seduced her, if he was lending it to her in exchange for favours. Or if he was just spying on her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people have also wondered if there was, like, cameras and stuff. Obviously, yeah. that apartment was searched. Mm-hmm. Um, cadaver dogs were taken in there. Nothing was found. Okay. Uh, but it is something that the police wondered, and also people who were following the case at the time. A lot of speculation on it. 
lots of heavy speculation. Mm -hmm. So police, in looking into who Karina was and how she ended up working for Frank and Susan, tracked her to the agency that she traveled to America with. This was not easy, as it turned out that Karina had never visited the Swedish consulate in Boston, which is obviously unusual for Swedish immigrants working in the area. And also, the U.S. Information Agency, which handles the U.S. au pair program, had no record of Karina on their documentation. How'd she bypass that? Well, I have answers for you. you. It turns out that the agent that Karina used, Tage Sundin, had no license. Uh, Oh, (laughs) no, he's supposed to have a license. You're supposed to have a license? Ah, Exactly. He had also been... Sorry, there's fireworks. If you just heard a little banging noise, it's... It's Bonfire Night. It's the fifth of... Oh, fucking great. I didn't realise. Sorry. Oh, there's going to be so much editing work for me to do. So, um, so yeah, this guy had been convicted and fined in Sweden on two previous occasions for operating without a license. What's wrong with him? Just get a license. It's probably cheaper to just get a license. Right. So, and I also, I mean, who knows how many other au pairs were working in America through him with no idea that they didn't have the proper paperwork and were working illegally? This is so stupid. So after Karina died and Sundin was found out to be a fraud, he shut down his business and publicly stated that he felt personally responsible for her death. Well, fair. Yeah, so he literally closed shop and was like, well, I fucked it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Obviously, working as an au pair can enable a lot of young people, particularly young women, Mm-hmm. to travel and experience things that they might otherwise not be able to. That's true. However, not all host families are created equally. I looked up some Reddit threads where people who are working currently or who have previously worked as au pairs share their experiences, just to wow. sort of read people's opinions and yeah. figure out kind of what it's Because like. I've the never done any like. kind of work like that, so mm. I obviously have no idea. That's I wanted to read some experiences of people who are doing it currently, people who did it like when they were younger and stuff, just to kind of find out. Yeah. Um, Basically, some people do have amazing adventures exploring in different cultures and meeting new families. Other people do not. So, yeah, it's there are two sides to this coin, Mm -hmm. Um, and it it doesn't seem like a direct fifty fifty split either. It seems more kind of like sixty forty, the bad way. Mm -hmm. Um, So some people finding work as an au pair that they experience bad treatment, especially think about this case was twenty six years ago, Mm -hmm. so things you a lot of things still even though it was the 90s a lot of things still kind of weren't talked about mm-hmm. and as well people didn't give a shit no they were very much get on with it don't talk about it exactly so domestic workers are frequently victims of assault particularly sexual assault mm-hmm. and this is often overlooked yeah. so according to a report published by the washington post in 2017 Making this worse is knowing that lots of domestic workers, many of whom whom are immigrants, don't have the same rights that other types of workers do. So losing your job as an au pair might get you in trouble with your immigration agency, especially if someone knows that you have a dodgy visa. People working in these kinds of situations, whilst obviously are not always assaulted, are nevertheless more vulnerable than others around them. Friends of Karina's from Sweden revealed that Karina was not as happy with her au pair position as the couple she worked for made out she was. Mm. An article published in the South Coast Today on the 28th of June 1996, which is five days after Karina was found, printed that Karina had been writing to some of her friends from home. So she wrote to her friend Charlotte Sandberg. Oh, Charlotte. Yes. (laughs) Um, She complained that the work she was doing was more housework based than looking after children based. Yeah, the pairing is usually 
centered around the children, isn't it? Yes. So au pair work is primarily childcare, basically, Mm -hmm. um, like being a nanny. Mm -hmm. So she wrote, quote, There is always so much cleaning, and I think I'm stressed all the time. So this is not exactly what I thought it would be, end quote. Which kind of makes me sad. It does. So had she been sold on the nanny job by being told it would just be playing with and looking after little children in exchange for room and board? Mm -hmm. I've had a bit of a look into it. Because, obviously, like I've said, I've never worked as an au pair. I've never no. done, like, domestic work. Uh, like, I, I've worked as a cleaner um, commercially in a school before yeah. when I was younger, but I've never worked, like, privately for a private family. Like in a residential area. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. It seems as though au pairs are expected to do, quote, light housework, end quote. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, a normal, a bit of light housework. Yeah. So mostly this is housework directly related to children so for example during the day while the parents are at work you could do the children's laundry you could cook the children lunch that Mm. kind of thing um help them clean their rooms so basically stuff that you do for the children yeah um you're not expected to do chores for the entire household because an au pair is not a maid or a cleaner no so you wouldn't be expected to like clean the bathroom or, or like the husband's clothes. Yeah. Something. Or like do gardening and shit. Like but I'm <laughs> yeah, just mean no. as an example. Like, like all the housey stuff. Yeah, yeah. So an yeah. au pair's light housework duties are generally all related to childcare in yeah. some way. Uh-huh. We don't know how much housework Karina was being asked to undertake. But we do know that it was more than she expected to be doing. Mm. However, yes. we don't also have a way of knowing whether the couple was asking Karina to do lots of cleaning or whether she just didn't imagine that children would require as much cleaning as they actually do. That's fair. So maybe she was expecting less housework because she didn't realise how much effort children are. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But either way, it's more than she expected. We don't know whether or not she was expecting the right amount or the wrong amount. Mm -hmm. But it's more than she wanted. Another letter translated to police was sent to her friend Ulrika Svensson, which is a really Swedish sounding name, and I it's like really it quite pretty. a lot. Yeah. Ulrika Svensson sounds really pretty. Yeah, it, it does. So yeah. this was sent only a couple of weeks before she will be killed. Oh, so Karina told Ulrika that she wanted to cut her trip short and return to Sweden in August, which oh was gosh. much earlier than she had planned. Yeah. She then told Ulrika that, quote, something terrible, end quote, had happened. And that was why she was returning. I'm very concerned. I'm very, very Tragically, very she told Ulrika that she would reveal more when she got home. No. However, we know that Karina never got the chance. Frustratingly, if Karina had divulged this information in the letter, it may have held a clue to solving her murder. Mm-hmm. We are left to speculate what this something terrible was, and even if it had any kind of relation to what happened to her on the 21st of June. Yeah. Because it might not have been related at all. It could have it been could something... Have been it yeah. could have been something completely different because I'm just going to say when I was 20 something terrible is yeah. not the same as what I would call something terrible now yeah I mean like, even then every day is different if something terrible happened to me now yeah because yeah we have no idea what it was we have no idea if it's relevant yeah. we have no idea about anything it could and be such is... a person did this or 
I missed part of my roots when I was bleaching them. It's oh, not going to be something you know. like that, I don't think, because she wouldn't cut her trip short because of that. It was something enough for her to want to come home. No, it was just I mean, an it could example. be, yeah, I mean, it could be that maybe she had an argument with someone in her friend group and she mm-hmm. felt so awkward staying there, she wanted to just go home. Yeah. It could have been something that simple. It could have been, because she was casually dating, like, a few people at the time. Oh, nice. It could have been that she had, like, an issue with someone she was dating. Yeah. Or it could have been something actually fucking terrible. Yeah. We don't know. We don't. Obviously, this kind of crime and the manner in which Karina was discovered is really unusual. Yeah, it's very unique. I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that comparisons have been drawn in the media between Karina Homer and Elizabeth Short, who is better known as the Black Dahlia. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth was also famously found in two halves, also bisected at the waist. When I was Googling this, I didn't realise that Elizabeth was also actually born in Boston. Oh, Cool. Yeah, so Elizabeth Short, Elizabeth Short yeah. yeah, was born in Boston, which is where Karina Homer was killed. Ooh, that's kind of spooky. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Irrelevant, but weird. Oh, of course. Yeah. So this case made headlines pretty quickly, um, and the police invest- investigation hit the ground running. So the Boston Police Department interviewed over 300 witnesses in their search for information relating to Karina's death. Yeah. A timeline of events was established, although there are conflicting accounts of Karina's last known movements, some people think that Karina's outfit made her easy to remember, as she was wearing tightly fitting, shiny silver trousers. Oh, that sounds so cool! After all, oh it God. was the 90s, and I'm sure she looked the pinnacle of yeah. 90s fashion. Oh, that's so cool. However, well, while this may be obvious now, yeah. there might have also been other pretty young women in similar outfits that night, because mm-hmm. it is like party time, so. If, like, now, I think if someone was refler- is <laughs> if someone was wearing reflective metallic pants, <laughs> oh, I feel like just... I would remember. But maybe in 1996, yeah. that was kind of a more, just like, cool going out part of the scene. Yeah. So I don't know how many people were wearing shiny silver Not enough, Charlie. Pants, but, Not enough. But Karina was. Let's so them. Lots of people thought that they remembered um, seeing her because of her outfit. Yeah. Also, according to basically everyone, when the club's emptied at 3am, everyone was fucking wasted. Mm-hmm. So we have to take a few of these sightings with a pinch of salt. And yeah. as well, if people, aren't, if people are saying what time it was, they don't know what time it was. Yeah, because they don't have a concept of time when you're wasted. Exactly. You so just... let's get to talking about some of these witness sightings. Okay. Multiple people came forward to tell police that they saw a woman exactly matching Karina's description talking to a man who was out walking his dog. The thing is, this man is really noticeable around the area. Was he also wearing reflective pants? He wasn't re- wearing was reflective pants. Wearing- <laughs> no. This is why I want my dog, because he's just no, so eccentric. No, but like, him and the dog, there's a thing about outfits. I feel like that's a perfect cover for a creep. Yeah, I'm walking my dog at, at the party alley. We are getting you after <laughs> You've literally... Like, no. Like, you've... Right. Watch out, criminals. Let's just... You. Right. We are gonna... Okay. okay. Hold okay. on tight I'll to, hold on to your fucking butt. <laughs> so, this man is really noticeable and well-known around the area because he and his dog, who was a large white Pyrenees mountain dog, were both wearing matching Superman <laughs> t-shirts. Oh, my fucking God. It's not that I'm shocked, but I'm shocked. <laughs> but delightfully shocked. <laughs> That's... Pretty cool. Everybody recognised him because he and his dog were there quite often. He couldn't forget it. This man is called Herb Witten and he's 49 years old mm-hmm. and lives in Andover. If you're familiar with the Boston area, you might have noticed something here. For those of you that don't, I'll fill you in. 
So Andover is about a 30-minute drive from Boston, mm-hmm. which is not that far if you want to go to Boston for the evening. No. 30-minute drive, considering how massive America is. Hold on. Fucking nothing. What? Is he driving just to walk his dog here? We will get to this. I hate this. So we will get... <laughs> I told you, we are going to get into this. So... It's not that far if you want to go to Boston for the evening, but it's a bit peculiar when you think that he was walking his dog there regularly at three in the morning. Why would you drive your dog half an hour away in the middle of the night to walk in a crowded city centre when all the bars are emptying? Also, that's not even bringing into the fact that you and your dog are wearing matching t-shirts. No. Surely... Just from a logistical perspective, exactly. there would be somewhere much closer that would be a nicer walk for the dog. Even if you did want to go out at 3 a.m. The sake of the dog. Just isn't there a nicer place you can take your dog than around loads of drunk people? Mm-hmm. Herb Witten was well known around the area because he used his dog and their matching Superman t-shirts as a way to strike up conversations. With drunk women mm-hmm. when the bars were emptying. Young girls would be like, oh my god, a doggy in a t-shirt. And then he would get to talk to them. Uh-huh. This was his it. thing. Okay. And this is what he did to try and pick up girls. Yeah, I don't know. Like and at 3am, when the bars and clubs were emptying, this is when people would be at their drunkest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they'll be getting all the oxygen as well. Yeah, they're coming poof. out, yeah, get hit in the fresh air, and it's like, fuck, yeah. I'm wasted. And, and then this guy, guy, there's a fucking Pyrenees mountain dog in a t-shirt. You're like, Superman? holy shit, Pyrenees mountain the best dog, of the be night. my friend. Yeah. So yeah, this was, this was Herb Witten. Mm-hmm. So Herb was questioned by the police, and like the couple, he got his lawyer involved. Yeah, and to be honest, that's the smart thing to do. It is. Yeah. If I was questioned by the police in relation to a crime this terrible, I would want to legally protect myself. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So, he also did have a pretty good alibi. So, get this. While he was driving back from Boston to Andover, after he'd finished talking to drunk girls, he got pulled (laughs) over by the police and given a speeding ticket. Oh, Which means that this is time-stamped. Yeah. And there's records of it from him and from the police. It's completely confirmed, completely Mm -hmm. official. He was definitely driving back at the time he says he was. Yeah. This is not up for debate. So, he didn't do a U-turn? Not that we know of. But what I'm saying is that his alibi yeah. is true. Yeah. So he has a proven alibi. He was driving in a certain direction and there was at a certain point away from Boston yeah. at a certain time. Mm-hmm. And that is not up for debate. Cool. Gotcha. Armchair detectives have pointed out that Herb could <laughs> easily have had Karina in the trunk. Obviously, well, when someone is pulled they? over for... When you're pulled over for speeding, mm-hmm. they don't look in your fucking trunk. Do they not? No. Oh, am I thinking of something else? I don't know what you're thinking of. I don't know but either. like if you if you speed, yeah. you get pulled over by the police, the police say you know how fast you were going and then you say, Hee hee, no, sorry, officer mm-hmm. and then you if you're really cute then they let you go. Yeah. Or like otherwise, then you get a speeding ticket. This dog wasn't cute enough. The dog wasn't <laughs> cute enough, he got a speeding he ticket. He didn't fool the officer then. Didn't fool the officer. <laughs> Um, so yeah, his cute Pyrenees mountain dog did not fool the police officer and he got slapped with a speeding ticket. Okay. Um, but the car is not searched. We can theorise with a reasonable degree of certainty that it's unlikely that Karina was cleaned and bisected in the alley where she was found, so mm. she must have been taken to a second location. Mm-hmm. Was this location Andover, and was she driven back to Boston after being killed to divert attention away from her? Perhaps. I mean, if he's already driving that we way... We will never know. No. We don't know if he came back later to, we don't know. to dump her. We don't yeah. know if she was in the trunk. We don't know... 
he may have had fucking nothing to do with it. Yeah. We don't he have could have just been driving home. Yeah. There's nothing to base this on. It's literally mm-hmm. just a theory and there's nothing to support it in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, there's such little evidence to rule things out. It means that the possibilities, you can just spin possibilities forever. Yeah. Because it's there's such open. little evidence in the case. There's, they didn't fucking find anything. You can't rule anything out because there's nothing to say no. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Herbert can no longer be questioned by the police because around a year after Karina was killed, Herb killed himself. Oh my god! By slitting his own throat. Ooh. Which is really unusual. Yeah. Um, he also left no suicide note. Oh come on. Yep. Leave something for the dog. Oh no, I mean I I don't know about the dog, but I mean I don't think a note would have benefited the dog anyway because dogs can't read it to the dog. You're missing the point. No, I get, I get. It's weird. He was, he was forty nine. Okay, I'll, I'll lay it to you. So yeah, he was. Yeah, so he killed himself a year after this. Um, some people think that this is he just felt so much guilt for killing her that he killed yeah. himself. A some people shame. say that um, he mm. didn't have anything to do with it, but all the negative attention he was getting was too much mm. for him. Possibility. It could be that he had other issues which had say, nothing to do with this does anyone that does anyone that knew him before have any kind of uh, knowledge of his mental no, health not really being in not really um, the only other thing that I've been able to find out is that he had a sister and he was living with his sister when he killed himself oh so she may have found him I think so oh, shit. which is fucking shitty but also slitting your own throat like it's very to, to slit your own throat to the degree where you actually die from it, you have to really yeah. fucking mean it. Like you, you yeah, you can't if you compromise once you stop. Yeah, you it's not gonna work. You're no. not gonna die. No, you're just gonna so, be a mess. <laughs> yeah, so he would have had to have really meant it. Yeah, he would have been mentally in the zone. Yeah, he would have been sad that that's what he Past wanted the to point do. No return. Um, which sad. is horrific. It is. It's mm-hmm. horrific. It's tragic. Back to the case. In addition to being seen with Herb, Karina was also spotted by multiple witnesses dancing with a homeless man. This seems like a fairly innocent encounter because the same homeless man was seen by people in the same area later on. Okay. So he didn't really leave the area at any point. He didn't go anywhere else that night. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems unlikely that this man had anything to do with her death because he was seen again so shortly after yeah. he was seen with Karina. But it does provide us with another part of the timeline. So yeah. we know that after the clubs kicked out, she was around. Yeah. Um, also, it tells us how Karina loved to have fun and she wasn't afraid to act a little bit silly or introduce herself to someone mm-hmm. new. I, was just thinking I just think this. the idea of Karina just like dancing with a homeless person, yeah. like that's... She's still talking to people and being pleasant. Yeah. And as well, it's like, if someone's homeless, she doesn't give a shit. She just wants to Yeah, she's not going to be like, I'm She's not like, oh, I'm better than you. Yeah, she just wanted to have a bit of a boogie. Yeah, and if he wants a boogie, he can have a boogie. Exactly. It's adorable. So there's a guy called Scott Fainer, and he's a writer, and he used to work at Zanzibar. Mm. And he was working at Zanzibar the night that Karina came in and also never came back. And he actually remembers her. And he's one of the last people to have seen her alive. So he wrote about this and recalls, quote, There was a woman passed out at a tall table with her head in her hands, and one of the bartenders asked me to walk her to a cab. I said, yes, I'll be back in one second. And I went to the back maybe half a minute. When I came back, she was gone. So, yeah. That is really sad. Because you, yep. you don't know, you, you can only speculate, did she get moved by someone she taken somewhere? Or did she, like, wake up, so to speak, and then leave? Or did one of her friends come by and haul her off the table? 
We don't know. Don't we know. don't know. So next up, there was a possible sighting of Karina talking to a group of men in a silver or a grey car. Mm-hmm. Um, a man said that he spotted Karina. Um, she becomes separated from her friends at the end of the night, and one of them found her. And he told Karina that she should go home with them instead of with strangers. So they were so close. So close. Um, there's different reports here. Some places say that it was two guys in a car. Some people yeah. say that it was four guys in a car. Okay. I don't know. No. Um, but, um, where am I up to? According to the witness, the men told him, quote, get away from the car, you little bitch, or I'll crush your fucking head, end quote. That's very violent. It is, right? How so rude. Karina was in this car, and the guys in the car were like, fuck off, she's coming with us. Wow. The witness, the friend, left, yeah. possibly to go and inform Karina's other friends. Yeah. So after all, she, the thing is, she was an adult that could make her own decisions. Yeah, Despite of this, I firmly believed... <laughs> Don't leave your friends on a fucking night out. No. You go out together, you go home together. You stay together, you keep safe, and you don't trust people. Don't trust strangers. No, don't. Just don't. Just don't do it. So, all of these sightings, Mm -hmm. and people still keep looping around to Frank Rapp and Susan Nictor. Yeah. Police found out that the day after Karina went missing, so she went missing on... Basically, it was the very early hours of Saturday morning, but basically yeah. Friday night. Okay. So yeah. she went out on the Friday night, mm-hmm. and then that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, the day after this, so Saturday, yeah. Frank obtained a permit to dump trash at her recycling garbage facility. That is such a interesting coincidence. My next line says, this is one heck of a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> it's so very interesting. It's... It's impeccable timing. It's alleged and it's a coincidence. It's so alleged. So there's also the something terrible that Karina referred to in her letter. Yeah. A large proportion of people who are interested in the case believe that she could have fallen pregnant or been sexually assaulted by Frank. That would not have necessarily been difficult due to her living arrangements at the loft apartment. Was Mm -hmm. she allowed to stay there for a reason? Like I've said a few times, there is no evidence to substantiate this. No. There is no evidence. I'm not saying it happened. I'm saying people online think it might have happened. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. People believe, people believe that this could also be the reason for the bisection. Oh, yeah, of course. So the lower half of her body, exactly, has been intentionally never found because the offender wanted to cover up either a pregnancy or a sexual assault. Mm -hmm. The thing is, blood tests of the top half of Karina's body could still reveal whether or not she was pregnant. And because there's no autopsy report, this has never been officially stated and I haven't been able to find anything. Yeah, but they might not want it stated because it's guilty knowledge. Exactly. But it doesn't help us doing this podcast. Nope. So Frank Rapp, <laughs> I just want to say, he has yeah. always denied any involvement in Karina's death and does not like to comment about it. Other than one time he told WGBH News that it annoys him when he Googles his own name and instead of saying accomplished photographer, it says yeah. suspected murderer. It's so sad that he continues to Google himself. He actually said that. That's So cringy. that's what he's taken AF. from this. Yeah. A young woman who bathed and played with his children got murdered and chopped in half. And that is literally all and he can say. And all he's doing is Googling himself. Yeah, and saying, oh, it doesn't say I'm an accomplished photographer. It says I'm a suspected murderer. It's like, maybe your photography shit, mate. Yeah. I, anyway. It doesn't stand out for a reason. I've not actually even looked up his photography because I don't care. <laughs> so, remember when we said that Susan Nictor was a painter? Yeah. This is some interesting shit. Did she paint so, over his pictures? 
What? No. <laughs> so her paintings have a lot oh, of recurring no, themes. Oh, in- Don't do it. <laughs> don't do what? I can't tell if I'm talking to you or to this lady. <laughs> if she's painting in half people, I'm going to be pissed. So, anyway. Oh, no. Her paintings have a lot of recurring themes in them, which have drawn the attention of armchair detectives and psychologists alike. And me. There's one particular <laughs> painting called Carried Across, which the Crime Junkie podcast talked about, that Susan has since taken down from her website. I've never been able to find this painting. If somebody what? has a link to what? an image of the painting called Carried Across by Susan Nicto, no. please DM it to us. Because I can see it? I have not been able to find it. Has anyone it seen it? Crime Junkie saw it. Yeah. Because they talked about it and they were discussing Did it. Did they say how they saw it? We know what... It used to be on the website. So it right. used to be on Susan Nicto's website. Crime Junkie... No, I mean, like, was it ever in a gallery? Just shush. So it used to be on the website. Crime Junkie did this case. Yeah. They talked about the painting. They talked about the, the themology in it and all this stuff. Yeah. And then when people started Googling it, yeah. Susan Nicta took it down. Oh. Because okay. people were noticing. Yeah. So she was like, oops. They are connecting some alleged some, dots. Some alleged interesting dots. Whoops. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's interesting. It is very interesting. Um... I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, so I've never actually seen it. I know that other people have, but I can't find it anywhere. Um, So if anyone has an image of it, I'm fucking desperate to see it, so please show me. Yeah, please send it to us. Also, um, I've had a look on Susan's website, and there are some other paintings that I would like to mention, and I want to talk about. Um, I'm not going to go into, like... I'm not going to fully describe what I think things represent because mm-hmm. I don't, I want you to do that. Yeah. And I want all of you to go to Susan Nicta's website. Just just Google it. Just put into Google Susan Nicta paintings. Yeah. And it'll come up with her website, with her gallery. I'm going to list some paintings and some physical descriptions of the paintings. Mm-hmm. And then I would like people to look at it and tell me if they think that some of the themology makes them think something. Mm, what's their interpretation so of it? So I'm... One of our listeners, and one mm-hmm. of my very good friends, is an art therapist. She is. I yes. am really fucking excited to hear what she <laughs> thinks about this. It's going to be I incredible. am so hyped. Please go at length. Please. Do not be modest. I need to know what you think. We need you to go all out. Especially Karis. I need yes. to know what she fucking thinks about this. Oh so, so yes. learning to lasso is the title of one of the paintings and that features a man with a lasso in his hand and the lasso is going around a levitating woman lying flat on her back and she's hovering in the air the Mm. lasso is basically drawn as a huge circle with the circle cutting through her waist Mm. and the woman looks to be young with long hair great so that kind of that when i saw that i was like "Mm, i'm gonna make a note of this girl in a can features a man who Redditors think looks like her husband, but without the glasses. Okay. Um, and this shows a woman's head and shoulders sticking out of the top of a large metal canister. The woman is young and pale with long hair. Wow. Okay. Never been seen features the lower half of a woman's body mm-hmm. with the top half replaced with a flower. Wow. And there is a flowing line moving throughout the painting, dividing it. Yeah. Falling in love has a young blonde woman She's nude. She is falling backwards with a long sheet draped around her middle. The sheet is a deep red colour and wraps around her waist and up towards the sky. Mm. And that one was the most powerful one to me because the sheet... Look, oh, I don't want to get into it. I want people to think no, it's Sarah, I want people but to. It, but what I am going to do is yeah. I took a screenshot <laughs> of it and I want to show you. Okay. Um, because I want to get your reaction 
on what this looks on like. Air? On air? Okay, on air. I'm, ex I'm kind of excited because I really love art anyway. And I'm curious to find out what kind of art style this is done in. Oh, I don't think it's very good. Oh, no, I mean, like, but, like is it, you know, really right, abstract so realism? This is falling in love. Okay, yeah, it's, it's subpar, yeah. But I, don't, I don't mean the quality of it, I mean the themology of it. Like. Oh, no, no, no. Hmm. Okay. Do you see what I mean? Bit dodgy. It's very potentially quite dark, but we don't. It's like know. oddly specific. Yeah. Considering. That's, that's the phrase I was looking for. Like, considering. I'm not saying she was involved with a death, but to no. have a death with such a specific. Um, how do I even describe this? So to have somebody die in her life in yeah. such specific circumstances, in such unusual circumstances... That close to her as well. That close to her. And then for her to have painted this yeah. is like... Is it because you know something or is that just plain old grief? Yeah. Because, I mean, she's... Yeah. Obviously, we don't know whether... It's obviously... It, like, obviously that kind of thing would impact your life. We don't know whether it's just mm -hmm. stuck in her head... And she and the trauma from it is coming out in her art. Exactly. I really implore you to go to Susan's website. So the paintings are very interesting, and there's a lot of recurring themes that might be interesting to you. Mm. What I want to know is, did Susan paint what she saw? Yeah. Might she possibly have some knowledge that comes out in her artwork subconsciously? Mm -hmm. Or is it just the, the tragedy of what happened is inspiring her we have no fucking idea we don't and it's something that people online speculate about but not enough because i don't see enough people talking about this case no. which pisses me off also interesting i literally just have a couple of lines about this because there's yeah. nothing online about it oh go on it's also interesting to note that karina was casually dating a boston police officer in the time before her death oh okay but it's never been officially mm. revealed who this was and nothing yeah. has ever come out of it oh that's Mm. I know it just feels weird it just feels it fucking weird but there's literally no information about it I couldn't find anything else you'd always hope that if you are dating someone in the police they would try to figure out you murdered that bit better maybe they did you know? but there's just fucking nothing to work with wow yeah so another theory is that Karina could have been killed by a serial killer mm -hmm. so a woman called Delia Lorna Mendez was found in Florida yeah. bisected at the waist and dumped in a trash bin behind a pet store Oh. Bisection, and this was in 1999, by the way. Okay, so, so bisection is really unusual, but this seems to be basically the only similarity between the two cases. Right. But okay. people have linked it because in between 1996 and 1999, there weren't really a lot of women turning up dead cut through the middle. That's a relief. Didn't happen. Yeah, it's a relief. Hey. Didn't happen very often. Right. So when this happened in 1999, people linked it's the two because they were like, oh shit, yeah. it's happened again. Um, so some people thought this could be a serial killer. Mm -hmm. The thing is, both halves of Delia's body were found together, and she had contusions on her body to suggest that she put up a fight before she was killed. One possible reason for the bisection, and this could be in either case, yeah. to be honest, would just be the ease of transportation. It's much yeah, easier true. to carry two smaller objects than one large one, especially when you consider how difficult an unresponsive body is to carry. Yeah, because dead, people dead don't have any control over their weight distribution, so it's, it's fucking all over the place. Yeah. Um, it's also worth mentioning that Delia's murderer has never been identified. So some people well. think the two things could be connected. Yeah. Could I don't, be the same person. I don't know. Um, so Karina's family and friends have obviously never forgotten her, and they hope that one day her killer will be brought to justice. 
However, the little attention that her case receives makes it hard to believe this is possible. Mm -hmm. As shortly after Karina's gruesome end made the headlines, her story vanished as quickly as it came. However, cold cases are getting solved all the time. So recently, oh. the Lady of the Dunes was identified. She was. Oh, an so arrest happy. has been made in the Delphi case just last week. That was incredible. I cannot wait. Oh, I to find. I can't wait for the trial. Yeah. I cannot wait to find out how they fucking got this guy. I am so watch it, invested. Think? If we are able to watch yeah. the trial in this country, I will definitely be keeping a really close eye on it. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, I'm definitely going to be going to. There's a few little corners of the internet where I'm hoping that people might. Yeah. Like, like talk about it talk about it and it's not not just so much talk about it but I mean, people like, who are local to the out. area might be going to the trial and then yeah, posting yeah. all that's the details that's what I mean by talking that's what I mean yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah so I'm really excited about that um, there's cases all the time that are being solved mm-hmm. that just look like they're not solvable um, so I mean I really hope that I live to see Karina's murder be solved because she and her family deserve a resolution and justice absolutely you definitely but that's all I have that's it that's it Oh, nothing else. No. Damn it. You always kind of think, okay, if I hear one more thing about it, maybe I can do something, and then you can't. That's nothing. <laughs> That's so frustrating. But, it, I mean, obviously someone knows something because you don't get cut in half naturally, but... You don't get cut in half by accident. You don't, know. But who isn't talking? Because they need to speak up and say something. Someone's child I don't child think they're going to. Neither do I, but they should. I mean, well, they should I, be found out if they're not. I'm really speak. interested in knowing what people think. So mm. if you have, like, if I do want to hear people's opinions. If on someone this. thinks that, like, if if one of our listeners has a theory, yeah, tell me. I really want to know. If, if you've, you've already heard of the case, look at the paintings and yeah. please comment on our Instagram post or send us a DM. Like, yeah, I want to know good. your interpretations of these paintings because yeah. when I look at some of them, I'm like, ooh, yeah. that's fucking weird. And like, like the ones I mentioned, um, mm-hmm. those were the ones that stood out most to me. Yeah. But I'm really interested in hearing about other people's interpretations of these. Um, just I just find it really interesting. Um, Karis, I'd better hear from you. <laughs> I need to know. I'm thinking we even like, like if you and me need to know. Like we need to know. But also, <laughs> I was actually thinking if Karis has like a full on breakdown of her interpretations of all oh, this stuff. Love it. Bring I want to interview too. you. Yeah. Like, can I put you on? Bring your I want here. to. Yeah, yeah. Like, please write out. You're gonna sit with all us of mic. your opinions and yeah. sit with us on the microphone and please tell me. Every all of your opinions. That would be all incredible. I want to know. Um, but yeah, so that's all I have. I'm desperate to hear what everyone thinks. Um, mm. If you've got this far in the show, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I still can't get over the fact that people want to hear me talk about crime. Yeah. Because you know, you you know that <laughs> you know that meme that's been going around the last few months of the girl at the concert and she's explaining to something <laughs> like a guy, yeah, and she's clearly like shouting at him and like gesticulating with her hand, and he's yeah. just like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And I feel like when someone mentions true crime, that's yeah. me. Yeah, and people are like, oh, and it's like now I just like learning about this stuff so much. Mm-hmm. I started a podcast because I love talking about it. Yeah, people actually like listening to me, and I can't. I can't get over it at all. Never get over it then. Enjoy it. I don't know if I ever will get over it, but it's bonkers. And yeah, just, I really appreciate the fact that you've listened. So thanks because it's nice. Yeah. And yeah, I hope, I don't hope that you enjoyed the story, but I hope that you enjoy how I told it to you. Mm. I hope that you 
learned something that you didn't know before Mm -hmm. the message that i would like to fucking implore with everyone is don't leave your fucking friends when they're drunk yeah make sure your friends get home safe please because just it's dangerous out there it can literally save a life it could yeah just like making sure that someone gets home safe just making sure just like seeing someone just seeing someone into an uber yeah just you don't have to get in with them you don't have to get in i mean it would be great if you did but just like seeing someone into an uber or like calling someone who's sober to come pick them up or just staying with them while they're waiting for a ride like don't leave your friends. No, don't be the last person to see them alive and then regret it. Yeah, don't be talking to the police the next day, telling the police what they were wearing. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that. No, it's fucking shit. It's not worth it. But yeah, um, on that note, yes, I'll see you next week. Yeah, see you next week, guys. Um, yeah, any case recommendations, send them my way. I love having recommendations. Um, do I do them. have a huge fucking list yeah. that I'm going to get through. Um, but yeah, I've got a couple of ideas for the next episode. And yeah, see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.